Hey everyone, this is Brian Ferguson. If you're listening to this, then I know you enjoy the Bumps and Thumps podcast. In order to continue to get the guests on and improve our podcast, we need support from listeners like you. That financial support helps us continue to do the podcast and get guests on that we normally would not be able to get on the show. Please go to anchor.fm forward slash Brian, B-R-I-A-N dot Ferguson, F-E-R-G-U-S-O-N, and the number three after, and click on the support button. There will be options there for you to make a monthly contribution. With your contribution, we can continue to conduct the podcast and ask more well-known wrestlers from the past and present that require financial compensation to be on the podcast. Again, please go to anchor.fm forward slash Brian, B-R-I-A-N dot Ferguson, F-E-R-G-U-S-O-N, and the number three, and click on the support button. Thank you for listening to the podcast, and thank you for your support. Thank you for joining another edition of Bumps and Thumps, the talk of wrestling. I'm Brian Ferguson. My guest today has been a part of wrestling since he was born. He started his career in wrestling in 2003. He is the son of the greatest wrestler on God's green earth, the great Harley Race. He is a four-time World League Wrestling heavyweight champion and is the current promoter for World League, the legendary promotion World League Wrestling. Ladies and gentlemen, it is my pleasure to welcome Mr. Leland Race. Leland, thank you for coming on the show today. Appreciate it. Yes, sir. And I appreciate your time and the opportunity to get in here and chit chat about wrestling because Lord knows uh, it gets rather, rather boring uh, trying to talk with my dogs about it because my wife works a full time job and she doesn't <laughs> want to listen to hear me talk anyway. So, uh, you know, it's good to have talk to a human. <laughs> well, I'm glad you were able to come on today. Um, yeah. It's great to have you. Uh, let's get started with uh, growing up. You were you're the son of the legendary handsome Harley race. Yes, sir. Tell us about your growing up and, and your experiences as a young man, as a adolescent in the business. Talk to us a little bit about that, if you could. Yeah, so you, you pretty much hit it right on the head. You know, everybody uh, thinks that it was all um, glitz and glamour because of his position, because of his role uh, in professional wrestling and, and his stature. It was the furthest thing from it. Uh, you know, truthfully, he went on record and said it, and I'll say it too. He, he didn't want me to be around wrestling. He wanted me to do anything but professional wrestling, primarily because of the hardships that uh, this industry brings. And, you know, I was involved in sports pretty much my entire life. And, you know, I still try to be today. I try to work out. You know, I'm, I'm in the ring training every single week, three days a week. Uh, some days I feel it. Some days I don't. I'm 37 years old, and and especially you're based in Bolivar, so Missouri weather can can change at the drop of a dime, and literally within an hour and a half. Uh, it just happened the other day. So my joints feel it some days, and then again, my I feel good uh, on some other days too. It just depends on, literally on the weather, and um, people want to know, you know, what it's like to be that well. Uh, you know, especially for in the professional wrestling industry, kids that are 
bigger than you want to try and test you. And, and that's just the nature of the beast. You know, they, oh, you're a Harley racist, son. Well, you know, so what? Who cares? I put my shoes on one foot at a time, just like everybody else, you know? Yeah. And, uh, you know, it, it's, it's nothing was ever given to me. You had to go out there and earn it. And uh, it could be in any, uh, any facet of life, rather. You know, um, was it great having him as a dad? Absolutely. Uh, but he treated me just like any other parent should treat their kid. And I mean that in a very respectful and positive way, you know? Right. Okay. Um, you know, when he traveled a lot, obviously, uh, when he was the champion, and even when he was on the Indies for a while, uh, towards, you know, when he transitioned from being a uh, wrestler to promoter, and then you got involved, um, what was that like? I mean, was that, I, I can imagine that was really hard on you being the son of hit of Harley and going through training, uh, expectations. I'm, tell us a little bit about your training and how that went. So again, you know, knowing the history and that simple, but yet very complicated fact that he did not want me to get involved in professional wrestling in the slightest. Uh, it wasn't easy. Uh, so I started professional wrestling when I was 17 years old. Um, the deal was that I could go through professional training to be a professional wrestler, but number one, uh, two conditions. Number one, I had to go through college. Number two, um, I, I could not start at his academy. Uh, that was basically just uh, from the from the biased point of view i don't know if that makes any sense like yeah. people didn't want to view me as you know, training there and then the next step uh the big times um that that was not a thing and, and to further that uh, i was sent to uh charlotte north carolina under a guy by the name of george south a lot of people in this area the midwest may have heard of him yeah. Um, but he was mainly based on the East coast. He wrestled, did a lot of uh, stuff with Crockett and the Crockett territories and, and, uh, Atlanta, Georgia with, uh, Ole Anderson booking, um, primarily a lot, a lot of stuff with Crockett though, mid Atlantic championship wrestling and, and George, uh, man, I can't say enough good things about him. He knows what he's doing. And, you know, I trained with him every single day for, uh, five years. Well, every single day for at least two years straight. And then, uh, you know, went from there and just kind of, it depended on his availability and his yeah. location and things like that. Yeah. Um, so when I started again, I was 17 years old. It was March the 3rd, 2003. And a month and a half later, I was having a match six days a week, four to six hours a day. You walk into the, to the, um, it was in a, is a, the training facility was in a part of a shopping center. So you walk in and the shopping center was, the ceiling was eight foot tall from, from ground to top. Right. And it was a ceiling. It was, uh, you know, the tile ceilings. So it wasn't very tall. And so what he, he had a ring kind of makeshifted for the, and I don't mean like a backyard ring. What I mean was that uh, he had a ring, uh, uh, normally, I th I th prior to, I think the ring sat three foot tall off the ground, you know, the, where the canvas sits, just like mm -hmm. a normal ring. And uh, he had the legs cut off uh, to where it was only like six or so inches off the ground. And you could, again, I'm six foot 
on the nose, probably six one when I started. And um, I could get in the ring, put my hand up and touch the ceiling. That's how <laughs> small of a space uh, yeah. it, it was. But you learn how to wrestle there because uh, a wrestling match, well, in today's world, it's all uh, everybody has their own definite oh, wrestling is an art, et cetera, et cetera. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I'm not saying they're wrong. I'm just saying there's lots of different interpretations of what professional wrestling is. Right. Um, George's view, my view, the old man's view, it's all the same. It's a competition. It's storytelling through the art of sports competition. And it's being right. able to hold the people right there, which you had the master of it being the eight-time NWA World Heavyweight Champion. Um, so you really learn how to wrestle in a building where you can reach up and touch the ceiling. You can't go off the top rope. You can't do flips. You can't do di- uh, well. George didn't let you do dives. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's it's the first show I think that I wrestled on had oh man, uh, like twenty people. That's fine. You know, you yeah. learn how to wrestle because uh, there's there's a lot of students in professional wrestling today that, you know, they start training in the in their brain. They think, well, I'm going to be on TV in six months for WWE or now AEW or Impact. Um, yeah. Man, that's just not how that works. Let me clue some people in. OK, all right. Uh, some of the biggest names in professional wrestling are still around today. Danielson, Punk. Uh, um, I mean, there's a lot of names out there that uh, that that started the same way that I did. You know, the, it wasn't a big extravagant backgrounds or you know training facilities that are twenty thousand square foot and air conditioned and heated um, with the pool. Whenever you go home, no, that's <laughs> that's the furthest thing from it. You know, right. Being able to learn and how to and learn how to adapt to any situation, I think, is uh, very, very important. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's George ran shows every single weekend. He had to. That's what he make, and he still makes his living doing. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, and he would literally travel all over the country doing ring rentals, and as part of the, um, I guess, ring rental agreement, so to speak, was mm-hmm. that you know his guys had a match or two. And, and I was very fortunate because uh, he didn't have to let me wrestle. He, you know, again, you had to go out there and earn that opportunity. Mm-hmm. You didn't put in the work. You didn't put in the effort, you know, next place. You know, the, I don't know if that makes any sense. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. And, and so this is all I've wanted to do since I've been 11 years old. Yeah. And uh, he knew that and he knew the background and he knew, what I wanted out of this industry. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and while those goals, while those wants and desires uh, for me have changed drastically from when I started to mm-hmm. now, uh, the end, at the end of the day, I still want to be involved in professional wrestling. And uh, there would be trips where I would go with George. We literally left on a uh, Friday evening at 6 p.m., drove to Nacogdoches, Texas, uh, which was 18 hours away from Charlotte, one way. Wow. And we did a, we got there on a Saturday. I want to say it was a Saturday afternoon around 2 p.m. because it was a church event. And uh, he, he had two, two wrestling shows at a church. And we did the two shows on a Sunday at 9 a.m. I wrestled Dusty Wolf, who was uh, 
the second version of he played the second version of Doink the Clown and okay. for, for both events and drove back. Uh, we got packed the ring, drove back, and I made it just in time to go to class at 8 a.m. on a Monday. So, oh, wow. Yeah, that, that was a long, long, long trip. Uh, worth it at the end of the day. Yeah. And those opportunities are few and far between nowadays just because kids don't want to travel outside of 50 miles. Yeah. Um, but that period, that five-year period to me was a great period. Uh, after that, I, I started to go weekly to um, Jody Hamilton, the masked assassin, who was from St. Joe, right? I don't know if you have heard of him. I've heard of him, yes. Okay, so he was the, one, of the, uh, one of the original masked assassins. Uh, again, he, he, he was a big figure in St. Joe professional mm -hmm. wrestling. Yeah. Uh, and ironically enough, so was the old man. Um, this isn't sponsored by Mountain Dew, by the way. <laughs> I'm just thirsty. But... Um, so uh, every week I would travel to Atlanta, Georgia, which was four hours from Charlotte one way, uh, just to do uh, enhancement matches for Deep South Wrestling. And at the time, Deep South Wrestling was a developmental territory for WWE, okay. uh, one of the two. The other one was uh, OVW. Right. And so I would go there weekly to do uh, enhancement matches for their television show. It was every Thursday. Um, and I was there when the transition took place from Bill DeMott to Tom Pritchard. Um, and and, and uh, it, it was a good learning opportunity because I'll try to go down some days if I could, because again, I had a full-time job uh, mm -hmm. at that point in time. And uh, I would go down there when I could to train. I would do the enhancement TV. And if I could, if I could afford to do it with a new sick leave, I would uh, stay on Friday mornings to do the tape review because that's, the more you put in, not just was the office seeing that. And what I mean, the office, I mean, Jody Hamilton, um, yeah. Nick Patrick, who, who was his son. And if they, if WWE had uh, sent uh, like a, a, a trainer or a, uh, a producer down there to give advice to all the talent they had assigned to that territory, they saw it too. And, and you don't want to not show face you know what i mean you want to be involved you want to be a part of the company uh, um i couldn't do it every week but i did as much as i could uh, with my job allowing and because i could not afford to uh lose a job right right <laughs> so uh i remember i had moved down to the town itself i call it mcdonough but or atlanta rather but mcdonough georgia which was a suburb a small little suburb mm -hmm. of uh, atlanta georgia south uh, east uh, if i remember correctly of atlanta i finally said all right enough of this i want to move down there uh to 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 further my training and to further hopefully my career it was March of 2007 well mid april 2007 so a month and some not even i don't think a full month later um, you know, I go to training and I believe it was a Wednesday, if I'm not mistaken, uh, the, the doors had to chain big chain link fence or chain link around the door. And that was the day where, you know, the night before, uh, Johnny Ace had came down uh -huh. and had said, uh, and I believe it was Nova as well. Uh, Simon Dean had came down and, and said, Hey, uh, we're closing this up and we're taking everything and everybody to, I, I, th I think they explicitly said Florida, but at the time they didn't say FCW because F uh, 
NXT because NXT wasn't a thing yet. Right. And um, yeah, so I went there and said uh, on the door, it had the chain on the door and it said, uh, uh, Deep South Wrestling is no longer associated with WWE. Uh, please, please follow us on our website for information, et cetera. Right. So I said, well, to hell with that. So wow. uh, I packed up my stuff. Literally the next, I didn't have much. It was just a one bedroom apartment. Packed up my stuff, came up, you know, went back to Charlotte to do more training with George. Uh, I, I, I wrestled as much as I could for about, I want to say about a year. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and also worked uh, two full-time jobs. I managed, I, I was the assistant manager of a bar and also uh, I worked at Circus City. And for those who haven't been around for an eternity and a half, Circus City was like the Best Buy, right? Yeah. Yep. So uh, I worked in the back at, Best, at uh, Circus City and was the assistant manager of bar. So I was working like 80 hours a week. And so finally I saved up enough money and to where all I had to do was just focus on professional wrestling. So then I got the call from the old man saying, Hey, uh, you ready to come home? I said, yeah, let's, let's do yeah. it. Right. So packed up October 20th, October 21st, I'm in Eldon, October 21st, that evening I was at training and, oh, wow. uh, yeah, it, you know, no messing around. Time. Yeah. So, after that, you know, I spent some time training some more. Uh, so keeping this fact in mind, I was six and some years change into wrestling at that point, right? Mm-hmm. And I didn't wrestle my first match for World League Wrestling until uh, five months, October, November, December, January, February. It was March, so six months after. So okay. uh, there's a lot of people that, a lot of students that come in here and they train and they say, well, when am I going to have my first match? I'm like, you guys just don't get it, do you? Yeah. Like, you got to earn this stuff, right? Yeah. So uh, I had my first match. It was Sedalia, Missouri against uh, a the gentleman. By, he, he's a referee for WWE now. His name is Ryan Tran. Um, okay. Asian, uh, the Vietnam Phenom is what his, his wrestling name was. <laughs> so, and he was, uh, he was a good friend of mine, still is. I try yeah. to talk to him on occasion. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it was a great match, and, and I got a lot of good compliments, a lot of good feedback. And but you know, is to me, from the way I look at it, is what thank you for the positive reinforcement. But what did I do wrong? Because I want to make it better, right? right. Uh, so we I kept training, kept wrestling more matches, and then uh, the next training opportunity came. Uh, uh, it was March of 2010. Yeah, March of 2010. I uh, I was selected by accident or, or not first, I guess, uh, to train for pro wrestling Noah in okay. Japan, which was the sister company at that point in time for world league wrestling. Uh, and that, again, at that point in time, pro wrestling Noah was in the top three companies of, of Japan, the top three being new Japan, all Japan and pro wrestling Noah. And, uh, not in any order, by the way. And, um, so I stayed, I, I, was brought there to train. I trained for three months. Um, and that's a, that's a different beast, man. (laughs) It's, it's a different lifestyle. It's a lifestyle. That's people ask me a lot. Well, what was training like in Japan? It's a lifestyle, man. Uh, You got to dedicate yourself to it, mind, body, and soul. Because if you don't, uh, you know, that old saying sink or swim. Yeah. You're going to, you're going to sink. That's just how it is. (laughs) Um, and I don't want to say the rest is history, but, you know, as far as the training aspect, yeah. that's, you know, 
three uh, four different places of training. Yeah. All of which to me are like um, Harvard league esque levels of training. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and I'm not knocking any other schools out there because simply because I just don't know right. uh, what they do. I know what I do. And, um, you know, I, I try to carry on now. I try to carry on the, the, the reputation of what the Harley Race Wrestling Academy is about. And that's teaching mm-hmm. uh, professional wrestling at its core to people that actually want to do it. And yep. uh, those people are uh, you have to want it. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. No, I, uh, I went through your website, actually, and I saw a lot of names that are, you know, in the business, uh, you know, in the WWE or AEW. Uh, I saw Joe Henning. Mm-hmm. I saw Amy Henning. I saw, my gosh, I could, there's, if you go to their website, world, or harleyrace.com, and you look at alumni, it's the who's who cream of the crop who's who that's right you know i've been to some of your events i started going back in i think it was 2012 and i'm going to get into that in a minute uh more but i was very it was in springfield missouri was that at remington's i believe so i was i was in the army i was still in the army back then i was uh stationed at fort wood and i told my wife i wanted to go down and see him because Harley race. So I know it's going to be a good show. Yeah. Yeah. And and it was, it was a great show. Uh, A lot of guys there and and women that did a fantastic job. Uh, You were there. I can't remember. It was a title defense that you did that night. If it's the show that I'm Brian, Brian, uh, what's his last name? Breaker. Yeah. Brian Breaker. And if that, yeah, that, that was the event where Dolph Ziggler, uh, we did, that was, uh, uh, Lord, it's a very popular charity. I cannot, for the life of me, I can't remember what it was. Yeah. Uh, it was at Remington's and if you, so you started following us in 2012, huh? Yeah. Yeah. So World League Wrestling has been around since 1999. Uh, yep. And prior to that, it was actually World Legion Wrestling. Okay. World yep. Legion, uh, going to Remington's to me was a very, uh, historical day had a lot of history uh because that's where world legion started was okay. in that building back in 96 if i'm not mistaken um and and so that i thought that part was pretty cool i did wrestle brian breaker that was his send-off event because he went from that event packed his bags and moved to tampa tampa florida uh because okay. at the time i don't think they were in orlando uh maybe he went to a, no it was orlando i'm sorry he, he got signed and went to uh, Orlando, Florida, because he was signed with NXT. Uh, oh, okay. On, there became uh, Brandon Traven. Okay. Now, I want to talk about the character you were then. Mm-hmm. You were Jason Jones. Not the Space you, Cowboy. Not the Space Cowboy, which actually, <laughs> that you brought that up. I went to that show the other night down in Harrison, Arkansas. Yes, sir. And the it Bobby was a good show. Yep. show. Hence the shirt. Yeah, actually, I have the same shirt, uh, and and uh, man, Bobby was awesome. Yes, um, he he uh, very quiet, but man, he make a he make a comment to you, just not even offhand, and he, you hear that, and it just makes me crack up because you know Bobby's so quiet. Yeah, uh, but very Bobby was very underrated. One of the 
Probably yeah. like in the, you know, in that category of underrated wrestlers, Bobby was at the top of it. Yeah. Um, his his right hand punch, man. My God, he'd throw that and you wouldn't uh you wouldn't even know what was going on. He threw it so well. Yeah. Uh, and then of course, you know, the bottom of that shirt, the Alabama jam, right? Yep. That's like one of my favorite moves of all time. Not only because Bobby did it, but just because of the whole idea of it. And um, you know, of course, Bobby did it. He executed it perfectly. Uh, yeah. You know, a lot of times. Yeah. So that and the knee drop off the top as well. Very underrated, in my opinion, as well. Uh, I remember him as a kid in the '80s in the Midnight Express with both Loverboy Dennis and Sweet Stan and Jim Cornette. Yeah. What I loved about Bobby is he executed everything in the ring, and he never and he, he never did say a word. He never spoke. Yeah, he, he that's right. His his actions spoke for him. Spoke for him, right? Yes, sir. He, him and Dennis or Sweet Stan never said a word. It was all Jim, and that was the best part about it because they executed all their action in, in the, the ring. ring. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and and that to me is like what professional wrestling is about. And I'm sorry, I don't mean to cut you off. No, please. I, I can sit here and talk and talk and talk. So just you tell me to shut up and I'll be mm. perfectly fine. Uh, with that said. You know, Bobby was in a league of his own. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think there's, a, you know, another person that is very, very, very equivalent to him was uh, Brad Armstrong. Yeah. Um, Brad Armstrong was, like, amazing. Uh, same category, but for different ways yeah. compared to Bobby, you know. Yeah. I love I – t- I tell the guys that train here, if you want to see a great professional wrestling match – Look up Bobby Eaton versus Brad Armstrong. I think it was 1990. It's either 91 or 93. Uh, Bash, uh, Bash at the Beach, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. Man, you want to see great professional wrestling? Watch that match. Like, that's one of my all-time favorites. Yeah. Yeah, both those guys, very underrated in my mind as well. And and left us way too soon. Absolutely. You know, yeah. uh, every time I see – because I met Bobby years and years and years ago, but every time I see him – come up and say he give me a big hug and I'd shoot the breeze with him this just because like I don't think a new and this is sad when when I say this but like I don't think some of the locker rooms today knew who he who he was you know yeah. what I mean there's a lot yeah. of kids it's, and it's not even necessarily their fault per se even though it doesn't take anything to sit here and and look yeah. up on your phone you know right. it doesn't yeah. take much they they spend more time on uh Twitter putting out <laughs> troll crap and when all you have to do is take that time and apply it towards something else, yeah. learning about Bobby yeah. Eaton. Yeah. Um, but I would sit there and try to shoot the breeze with it. He, he'd tell me stories about, you know, going back to Cornette about how he had to chase somebody off, how Cornette had to chase somebody off with a slingshot. And I just couldn't <laughs> stop laughing because I can, in my head, I could see Bobby, uh, Jim Cornette, you know, sh- shooting a slingshot at somebody. Yeah. And he had me cracking up and nobody else, sitting there, like everybody else sitting there working, putting all their stuff together. I'm like, Get, you're missing the point of all of this. Like, just learn and listen. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's get back to the Black Hand Warriors. Yes, and sir. Jason Jones. So, Jason Jones was basically like a pseudonym, right? Uh, I was not allowed to wrestle as myself, as Leland Race, until I had basically proved to the old man that I could stand him on two feet without having to use his name. I don't know if that makes any that sense. That makes perfect sense, yeah. So <clears throat> when you think of Harley Race, what do you think of? And is you know, don't feel under the pressure. No, I think of a man's man in the ring. 
I think of a, a guy that one of the toughest guys in the business, I think a smart intellect and his timing uh, just in the ring performance and outside the ring, when he would talk, he could do it all. And he's been considered one of the toughest, if not the toughest guy in wrestling. I've heard that from multiple people. And, and, and one of the best, if not, you know, that again, that category type of yeah. thing. He's a, he's in that, that, that best category. Oh yeah. One of the top yeah. five ever. Oh yeah. Top, top three. Exactly. And so he, um, when somebody talks about Harley race, you know, they automatically think uh, one of the best ever. So, and he knew it too. He wasn't, uh, he was quite humble. Don't get me wrong. Right. But uh, he he also knew his ability and he knew what he could do. Mm -hmm. Um, That said, you know, his great, his to say great reputation is uh, a vast understatement, but he, he knew his reputation would be at stake. If, if I came along, was the drizzling S words. I'm just going to say it like that. Yeah. And, and then tarnish that. He knew that. Yeah. Uh, and, and it took me a second to catch on, but now I, looking back, I totally understand it. Yeah. Um, so Jason Jones, again, was a pseudonym because he wanted to make sure that I was be able to stand him on two feet and, and excel as a professional wrestler, not excel as a uh, son of a great professional wrestler because yeah. just because you're a son or a daughter or whoever it may be doesn't automatically make you a shoe-in to be a great professional wrestler. Yeah. You know? I'll give you an example of that if you don't mind. By all means. The great Angelo Mosca who just recently passed away. Mm-hmm. Now his son wasn't a bad wrestler but he wasn't in my mind and I think a lot wasn't at the par level of his father. It's all subjective. You know what I mean? <laughs> but, you know, he did. I guess what I mean is, okay, I remember him as a kid too, both of them. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't think, I don't, I'm not saying he wasn't a great wrestler, Angelo Mosca Jr. I'm just saying he didn't have that, to me, he didn't have that charisma it factor. He, he didn't bring that same aura. Right. Yeah, and yeah. I'm not saying you have to be the same as your dad, mm-hmm. but like with you, okay. You were Jason Jones for a number of years. And I actually remember when you switched over because the only reason why I kind of found out right away is when you were switching all your social media, it yeah. changed over. That was quite <laughs> a few years ago now. But yeah, it was back you, in did have that, you did have that it factor. And it shocked me when I found out, oh my God, he's Harley Race's son. I would have never known. But the, your ability, your charisma, and I'm not just saying that because you're on here. I'm saying that because it's to me, it's fact. You have that it factor. You have that ability to wrestle and the ability to speak those three things you have to have to be successful in pro wrestling. So the, I mean, uh, no, no, I understand. And again, it's all subjective. Yeah. Um, there is no like textbook definition. There are no right. lists. There are no um, set number of qualifications of what a professional wrestler is. Right. Excuse me, that Mountain Dudes is going right through me, dude. Uh, <laughs> right. With that said, uh, if you if you ask most people what a professional wrestler is to them, a lot of those qual- a lot of those abilities uh, were held by the old man. You know what I mean? They yeah. they, they, they were exuded in him. Yeah. And and so like I also want people to understand too, like. <sighs> The old man was born. So you're in Bolivar. Have you ever been or 
up to St. Joe or no? Yes. Yeah. Okay. I've been there. Yeah. So uh, an hour and 15 minutes, I'm, t- I'm trying to put this in my head, uh, west of or east of St. Joe, there is a little, little, little tiny town. It's called Quitman. Uh, and the population is 42 people. Uh, like that's what's on the sign, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, and I believe it, and probably half of them are related. And all probably, uh, you know, a race relations in some way or another. Right, yeah. Um, but, you know, again, he came from that town of 42 people. Uh, again, now it's 42. It was probably a little bit more than that uh, back then. And, you know, he worked on the farm. Uh, I, I have seen it's not the house that's on his plot of land or where he grew up. That plot of land uh, wasn't the same one as it is now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I mean, he grew up uh, not poor, but not rich either. You know, I would say average family, uh, farm family uh, upbringing. And and he was uh, he had one brother and four sisters so oh, wow. six total and and you know he started traveling uh in, with the with uh gus Karras. and and gus was not only a promoter but he was also a wrestler but gus at the time was a promoter for saint joe area um, and if you know anything about wrestling it in america was had emanated from the carnivals and right. that's how he got his start uh, he had to drive around a guy that was 750-ish pounds on a on a light day. Oh, yeah, uh, that <laughs> legit too. He was uh, so the guy's name was Happy Humphrey, uh, and at one point in time, he was in the Guinness Book of World Records for the literally the largest athlete uh, that was physically active. Um, the guy, I think he at some points in time. The old man told me he was he had gotten up to over a thousand a couple times, and and there's actually documentaries about him. I, I have seen him uh, of Happy Humphrey, and he had like the gastric bypass surgery, I believe, yeah. and he cut down a considerable amount of weight after that. Um, but yeah, like legit, and that's how the old man got his start. And so you have to think, you have to well, you have to know uh, when you drive around Happy Humphrey, he was so large that. He couldn't, he could not get into a normal shower, right? Yeah. So the old man would drive a car that had like an outhouse looking thing on the back of it. That, that ain't no, I'm not lying to you, okay? <laughs> yeah. Trying to watch my language. Um, yeah. It had a hose attached like on the side of that outhouse looking thing. And the old man, one of the old man's responsibilities is that he had hooked that hose up to a, a, a spigot outside. And he had a mop and he, that's how Humphrey would take a bath is that the old man would have to mop him down and oh hose him gosh. down. Small. That ain't no wow. joke either. Like, wow. He, 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 you know, nobody's, if, if he wasn't above that, then nobody should be above anything. I don't know if that makes any sense. Oh, it makes perfect sense. Yeah. Like washing a very large individual off with a mop bucket and garden hose. Come on now. <laughs> That, that, that was freaking Harley Race doing that. You know, yeah. it wasn't the, the status that he was later on in his life. And I understand that, but still, right, right. same no, person. Yeah. yeah, same guy. Yeah. Wow. Let's talk about the Black Hand Warriors. How did that Absolutely. come about? So the Black Hand Warriors came about from, uh, 
really it was just an idea. It was just something to hopefully get something chatted about. I don't know if that makes any sense. Like just yeah. get some talk. Uh, you know, it was this re rebellious group that uh, at the time in my head, uh, part, of, part of the reason that we put that together is myself. The initial group was myself, Michael Magnuson, Dave DeLorean or Dark Shadows when he first debuted because it was right. those they debuted with me. That was their introduction to worldly wrestling and wrestling as a whole was with me. Um, and then also a guy by the name of Mark Sterling who had been around for a little while. Uh, I don't believe Mark is wrestling anymore. Uh, but Mark, all, all, all of those guys were just, um, they fit the, the, the mold. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And uh, Dave DeLorean wore a mask. Uh, nothing special or significant about the mask. It's just something that we had laying around, to be honest with you. <laughs> um, the initial idea that like, I wanted to make a change for the good of professional yeah. wrestling. Uh, that was the, the, the it's, it's cookie cutter today because everybody says the same dang thing. I'm like, get your own idea, man. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, it, it, that was just, we hadn't, it hadn't been done before in WLW and uh, we wanted to try something different. Yeah. The old man said, okay, go ahead, try it. Yeah. And uh, for what it was, we, it was successful. I, you know, uh, prior to that, I'd always been babyface. Uh, yeah. That allowed me to turn heel. And I, myself, I think I'm a much better heel than I am a babyface. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it, it's, it's, it was just a, just honestly, it was just an idea. Then Dave Deloria and Michael Magnuson kind of took off and ran with it yeah. uh, with uh, Jaden Dominic Rose or Jaden Phoenix at that point. Yeah. In time, that's what his name was. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that group is no longer around. Magnuson and DeLorean aren't even involved in professional wrestling at all. Okay. Jaden Phoenix is now Jaden Dominic Rose. And uh, he still wrestles for World League Wrestling. Yep. And uh, Mark Sterling is uh, again i don't think he's involved in professional wrestling uh he hasn't been for i want to say about three or four years now maybe okay. even longer than that uh, you know everybody has their own reasons yeah. so i i enjoyed uh when i saw you guys i thought it was great i really did um when when it was the three of you for a while magnuson you and uh delorean when he was still dark shadows um it was great. I loved it. I, I would watch it. I would, I, when I went to your events, when you were in Eldon still, uh, wasn't too far away from Fort Leonard Wood. Yeah. It was there and watch an it. hour away, huh? Yeah. Yeah. It was an hour away from there. And I, you know, I enjoyed it. Uh, I went to one of your events a few years back when DeLorean and Magnuson were still there. This is probably about four years ago now, but okay. it, in, uh, uh Excelsior Springs, they were at an event there. About was that during the snowstorm? Uh, it wasn't. It was. Because I think we went there twice. Yeah, yeah. I think it was the second time. Yeah, because the first time we went, it was a yeah. literal ice storm and blizzard. Yeah. But it was, was it was great. And then those guys are a hoot. I mean, they're they're good. They know how to perform. They know how to wrestle. And they just, I don't know, there's just something about them. They have that factor. And I you said they're not wrestling anymore. It's too bad. I thought they were good. Yeah. You know, everybody, 
gets in everybody that gets involved in professional wrestling, I would say probably 2000 late. Uh, what is this year? 2021. Uh, I would say late 2010 ish, you know, 10 ish on uh, the, the mindset is different. And only up until recently has there been places to go, you know? Oh, yeah. um, Absolutely. I think at the beginning when people start training to become a professional wrestler, they do love pro wrestling, but they love wrestling on what, either what they see on television or the internet. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, then when they get about knee deep, then they say, Whoa, this, uh, this isn't what I expected. Good, bad, or indifferent. I'm not saying that part. They right. say, Whoa, this is a lot different. And then some people, you know, kind of have to make that decision, you know, whether they want to, keep doing something that they thought was one thing and it's totally opposite or if they want to get out of it because of that reason. And, and right. you know, I don't ever knock people uh, if they just say, Hey, you know, I thought it was this, but it was this, and this isn't what I wanted. So, and I don't knock people because at least they tried it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but there again, there are, there are some people that, that just come in here and, and you know, day one and then six months from then they expect to be at WrestleMania and it's like, I guess I have no clue. Get out of here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about your, your other experiences in some other promotions. Um, yes, sir. I know you said you worked in Japan for a yes, while. Uh, anywhere else? I, I, I saw, and I don't know if this is true. I saw you worked a little bit in WWE. I don't know. Well, if very I, little bit. Yeah. Okay. Was yeah. there anywhere else in particular that you enjoyed working? Besides so Japan? So Japan... Ultimately, when I came back home, ultimately my my career goal was that I wanted to make a living traveling to Japan uh, and wrestling. Okay. Primarily because the sport of pro wrestling is viewed at way differently in Japan than versus here. You know what I mean? Here it is, uh, and again, up only until about I want to say three years ago, prior, just a little bit prior to COVID, uh, it has always been presented as sports entertainment, you know, uh, and which is not bad. It's just not what I want to be a part of. Right. Um, in Japan, it's a sport. And, and that's, that, to me, that's a big thing, you know. Um, pro, professional wrestling used to be, and I, would, I say in the good old, days or people know it as a territory days uh in those days i would have loved to be a part for to be a part of professional wrestling more um but times have changed things have changed and the industry has evolved uh into what the beast is now um I, i so i did again so we'll start with pro wrestling noah uh I lived in Japan, trained there for three months, and then I did one tour with them. I did two tours while I was training there. A tour is just, you know, two to three weeks uh, going out wrestling every single night. So you're going to find out what you're made of, seriously. Because, yeah. you know, people say, oh, I want to do that. Well, it's different here than in the United States because, like, take, take this into consideration. <sighs> the working relationship that – World League Wrestling had with Pro Wrestling Noah had existed for a number, a number of years and a number of 
talent and students that trained here and wrestled here went to pro wrestling know what to either train wrestle or both right uh, nine times out of ten if you went there to train you were wrestling within a month that's just they the pro wrestling noah wanted to get something out of their investment because they were paying the individuals to tr- not much so keep that in consideration yeah, yeah. they were paying guys to to train there so they want to get their investment back it's just business um and i get that part of it too so when i uh when when prior world league wrestling talent and students went there to go train they oftentimes went with people that could that they knew or were around people that could at least speak english uh more than uh broken sentences at best you know what i mean right um other americans is what i mean and so I was not as fortunate. So when I went to go there, there was myself, Taniguchi, Aoki, uh, Ricky Marvin on occasion, but even, you know, his English sometimes just wasn't the absolute best. Um, And then a couple of the more experienced guys, uh, like Go Shizaki, he would be there. But it was just me. I'm like, well, this is something different. Um, It's a culture shock. Because you go there, so on a, on a daily uh, schedule-wise, right, you go there. First off, when I got off the plane, they said, uh, do not go to sleep until tonight. Because I got there at like 1 in the afternoon. They said, do not go to sleep. And I sure as, sure as heck, I fell asleep within about two hours, and I was screwed. Because my night, my schedule, they knew what they were talking about. I was just too tired. Yeah. yeah. Um, so every day you wake up, right? Uh, I had to be awake by eight o'clock in the morning and then by night, like get to get up, eat a shower and then be up at this, at the dojo part by nine o'clock. Now keep that, keep in mind that if the dorm, because they had a dorm where I think it was six up to six guys, six or eight guys can live at, uh, it was a part of the office, uh, different area. Okay. Um, that's what the whole building complex was called. Uh, you had to clean up that too. So if the trash needed to be taken out, they didn't let me cook because they knew better than that. Like, <laughs> and it's not really hard to screw up rice, but I could find a way if I needed to. Um, you had to clean clean the dorm area, take out the trash, make sure everything was picked up, looked nice, presentable. Um, and then by nine o'clock, you had to go up to the training room, which was on the third floor. And you had to wipe down the gym equipment. You had to wipe down the ring, uh, clean up, put stuff up. Again, pr- presentation. And if there was a, an elder there or a senpai, uh, like if uh, Kobashi, Kinto Koba- uh, yeah, Kinto Kobashi was up there work, working out, you can't go in there. Like, it's just, no, leave him alone. Same with Segura. Okay. He was in there, you leave him alone. So, you know, it's, it's then it, you know, once they get done, then you got to hurry up go it's just this is how things work there right right then you got trained like one of my the first week i was there i I remember taking like 50 back body drops in a row and that's after doing the squats that's after doing the the ab stuff that's after doing the push-ups and the and everything else 50 back body drops is in a row is super super tiring not it is difficult but it's just tiring for me um after doing all that stuff. And then you got it, you're done at noon, maybe one o'clock, and you got to go downstairs, help the, the rest of the, of the younger guys fix lunch for everybody, and then stand there 
hands by your side, don't make eye contact with, with them until otherwise. So that was the first month. And then I went on tour with them during that first month uh, that I was there. And you're a second. That's what they call it, is a ring second. And uh, you got to help with bring ring jackets to back, open the ropes, et cetera, et cetera. Um, then Mara Fuji came up to me after that first tour, which was, uh, I want to say it was five weeks. That was the longest tour of the year. And of course, it's the first one I started out on. It was five weeks. You don't go home. You go to another hotel. <laughs> okay. Wake up, do it again. Wake up, do it again, right? Mara Fuji came up and said, hey, uh, you wrestle next month. I said, what? <laughs> I was excited, but I was also like, are, are we sure? Is this soon? He said, yeah. I said, okay. So I wrestled. And then you also have to do the ring second stuff. And you still have to do the, the younger guy stuff too, you know? Yeah. Um, uh, Bison Smith, who was super, super nice to me. You had to earn his respect, man. You just didn't go up and say, shake your hand, give you a big bro hug. Man, Bison knock your head off uh, without even thinking <laughs> about it. That's if you liked you, you know? <laughs> <laughs> but he, he took really good care of me once, like once he saw that you were in it to win it, basically, yeah. he, he looked after me. And same with Bobby Fish. He was on top of the game right now. Bobby Fish was super, super awesome. He was a pro wrestling at the time. So did two more tours. So three, uh, so, so two tours total on that three months day, came back, did another tour. Um, uh, it was about a year afterwards. Then after that, things changed. And I did a tour with new Japan pro wrestling, which, um, new Japan and pro wrestling, Noah night and day difference. And I don't mean that in a bad way. So, you know, yeah. not disrespectfully. It's just two different things, two different entities. And um, I really enjoyed that New Japan tour. Uh, I went there with a month of Brian Breaker as part of the World Tag League back in 2016, okay. uh, November 2016. And that was, you know, that. And, uh, you know, hope, we're hoping with this pandemic crap still affecting day-to-day life across the yeah. world, uh, it's kind of put a pause on everything. But we're hoping that we're going to be able to – Reestablish those business relationships with pro wrestling. No, yeah, interesting. That's that's it's great stuff. It is a mouthful. Yeah, I told you I could talk, dude. That's all right. That's good. <laughs> the that's walls, good. the walls don't talk back to me, so somebody else has got to. <laughs> chemistry with other wrestlers. Who do you think you had the best chemistry with in the ring as an opponent? Anybody that doesn't like to call stuff in the back. I, I don't know how much you know about wrestling. Um, I'm more of a person to where I like to go out there and feel the crowd. Right. Uh, like what I do will dictate what the crowd does. Yeah. Again, not knowing how much you know about wrestling, I assume you know something. But like it's not a hidden fact. You can go on there. And it's not. It's on the movie The Wrestler for crying out loud. So it's not like I'm exposing <laughs> you. Um, you know, guys just sit there and plan out their match. Right. Man, I can't do that. Man, my head hurts. Just think, like I can't remember anything anyway. That's why I ask you. Like, please send me a a uh, uh, reminder. Yeah. And it's yeah. not any disrespect to you. It's just no, that no. my brain doesn't hold information very well. Yeah. If I had to sit there and remember X, A, B, C, D, E, F, G with another guy, that's not fun for me. Right. I'm not saying we had to go out there and goof off. There's an art to pro wrestling. And right. it's, it's quickly becoming a lost one. 
Um, we'll get into that in a minute too. I was going to ask you about no, that. Yeah, well, I'm mad. Get a pen and paper. <laughs> Take place. Um, but I can't have fun going out there and trying to remember this, 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 this. I can't do that. It's not mm. fun for me. Right. And especially in World League Wrestling, I don't have time to sit there for four hours and put together a match and run the event. Because right. a lot of times that's what it is. Um, here lately, we've been really good about getting things done to where like the day of an event is very stress-free. Good. Uh, so I'm able to relax and just let my brain relax a little bit. If my brain's relaxed. Everybody's having a good day. Uh, myself <laughs> at the tip of it. My wife, maybe not so much, but uh, <laughs> she helps out and she's a saint for doing so. Yeah. Um, that said, you know, there, uh, I can't really pinpoint a specific individual as long, honestly, as long as I'm having fun, I can have a good match with anybody. Okay. Um, well, I saw the match with you and Nick Aldis uh, occurred a while back, and yeah, that was uh, a great match. Night of Champions yeah. for 2019. Yeah. yeah. Um, and actually, so I we again we moved houses, and I have that banner because on that so that particular event, you know, is our WrestleMania Night of Champions. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it's like we we you know we had we really went all out. Each match had its own banner, and I made sure to make sure I got that banner because yeah. I wanted that thing. Um, but yeah, that was a good that was a fun time. Uh, and I get this a lot from people like, uh, "How was that match?" I'm like, "Is ir- irreplaceable to me for a lot of reasons, primarily because that match, that specific match with all the components involved." will never, ever, ever take place again because the old man was a part of that. Yeah. And I knew what I wanted with him. I wanted him to be a part of that because that was that championship title meant the world to him. And yeah. that, and he meant the world that that championship title is reciprocating. Right. Yeah. Uh, and obviously, so he's not here. So again, that's why none of that, that match uh, as an entirety will never, ever be duplicated. Yeah. And that, and that, but that also makes it special to me and yeah. Nick too. He's went yeah. on record and said that. Yeah, Nick, uh, nothing but high regard for for you and your father. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, Nick is man. He's such an awesome person. Is, is to me, from my standpoint, this is just me. Yeah, like tough exterior, but then when you break that shell, yeah, uh, he he's fun. He's good. He's good to be an, a person to have fun with. You know, what I mean, like he's your gonna, dad. Yeah. Well, it depends on what type of fun you're talking about, but <laughs> well, I'll tell you a story real quick. I met your dad uh, at one of your events. I, I had an action figure uh, with me that I wanted him to sign. And I was, I went past his truck and I just happened to see him in there. He was taking a break in there. And I looked over at my wife. I said, Hey, that's Harley race. I said, I, when he gets out of there, when he gets to the building, I'll ask him if he'll sign it. Well, he sure. heard me and he said, come over here, son. I look around. I'm, okay. So I went over there. He goes, would you like me to sign that for you? I said, Oh yeah. When you get, you don't have to do it right now, sir. You can wait till you get in the building. I mean, no, I'll do it right now. Oh, okay. So I handed him the marker. He are on there eight times world champion, Harley race. Handed Which it back figure? to me. 
Which one? It's uh, it's the, I don't know. Oh. Is it the Jacks or the new, the Mattel? It's the Jacks. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Those are super hard to find. The Mattel, yeah. Mattel are too, but yeah. Yeah. yeah the yeah. Jacks one. Yeah. And uh, I was just surprised because, you know, to me, Harley race, you know, legend yeah. up here. <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah. down here. Fan. Yeah, for sure. You know, there's layers there that you go through to go and meet Harley race. And <laughs> no, to, to, to me, <laughs> to me, it was, but it was a great honor. I have his book. He signed this. Yeah. 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 Great book. Uh, just a great guy. And that's what kind of Nick reminds me of. And I, and he said he is, cause he went through training there. He's modeled himself after your father. Yeah. And, and, and that's, that's great. No, it's, and I apologize, dude. No, uh, you're fine. Nick, uh, there's a lot of people that look at the NWA World Heavyweight Championship title as um, well looked. And when I say that, I don't mean that as a, as a hit against uh, the current NWA that's out there. I don't mean that. It's just, right. it's just, it's just a different time. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, but looked at that NWA World Heavyweight Championship title when my dad and then when Rick um, – Terry and Dory, when those guys held it, it's a different breed of people. Yep. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and they don't make them like that anymore. And and Nick, uh, I dare say Nick, I dare say Trevor, um, try to hold themselves to that standard because both of those two realize the um, what 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 that belt means, what that yeah. championship count means. Oh yeah, not just a a piece of leather you know what i mean mm -hmm. no it, it's uh it has a lot of lineage in it you know i know there was years there where it was kind of on the wayside unfortunately you know in the last I mean, was <laughs> yeah i mean you know that's what i mean and it's unfortunate sure. but it, it's starting to make a little bit of a comeback unfortunately the pandemic kind of slowed that down absolutely but yeah. you know i mean but I think, and I want to get into this with you now, I think indies are starting to make a comeback. And I mean that in a great way because yours, your television production on YouTube, to me, is excellent. I've watched some of your, uh, the videos you guys make and put on YouTube, and, and they're great. They're not, they're not the homemade, uh, you know, quick YouTube movie you throw on. You slap together real fast and, and throw on there. You guys take time and effort in it, and it looks great. I, I, I'll say that. You know, um, as far as like TV production, uh, if, if, if that's what we're talking about here, the specific subject. Yeah. Um, you know, I take great pride in in this rendition because there's been a couple of other versions of World League Wrestling uh, mm -hmm. television programming. Yeah. Um, I was not around for that. And I'm not knocking it. I, that's the simple fact. I wasn't around mm -hmm. uh, when that stuff was taking place. I, I believe Matt Murphy, who was the original first student at the Harley Race Wrestling Academy back in 2000, he had a big heavy hand in, I believe it was the second version of uh, World League Wrestling television programming. But again, I just wasn't around. I'm not even trying to knock him. Uh, right. he, he did what he did to the best of his ability with what he had, which yeah. speaks volumes. 
Uh, and that was also 21 years ago too. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Uh, with that said, um, it offered, so, uh, uh, I'll say this, uh, what we do as far as television, television production, I'm very happy with and yeah. proud of because you, I see like myself and I know it sounds strange because I'm like involved. I'm inside the box, mm-hmm. but I can see the progression from episode one yeah. to episode. Uh, uh, we're on like 160 now mm-hmm. and that in and of itself, you know, that's almost three years yeah. um, worth of TV programming. Right. That, that's, that's a lot, man. I gotta, I gotta get a new external hard drive because <laughs> now my mind's done. Um, no, but I want to tell you, 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 you're doing a great job and, and your talent is doing a great job. Your commentators are doing a great job, everybody. And I'm not just saying that because you're on here. I've, I watched them. I've watched them periodically through the, like you said, through the years, you can tell a big difference from, uh, like you said, the first episode to the, the latest episode, but you can also tell the difference from the first other programming versions from earlier years to now. And I don't, and it's not just you, it's other territory or not territories, independents yeah, that yeah. are doing the same thing now. OVW, they didn't have great quality a few years ago. I was at Louisville about six years ago when a cylinder Danny Davis, the television was, was okay. It wasn't great. Now under Al Snow, yeah, it's night and day. It's a lot better. And it's again, I'm not knocking the old version. It was just the way it is. Yeah. And I think that's coming along with everybody. I mean, technology is better, equipment's and that's honestly what it amounts to. Yeah. Technology and equipment is not it's expensive still, but it's not quite as expensive as it was years ago. So, so it's more affordable. I'm not saying yeah, it's yeah. not cheap. It's not cheap, but it's it's. What I'm trying to say is it's coming along better. And I think, and I want your opinion on this. I think the indies are really making a comeback, and I hope to the next four or five years to see more programs on television, not just YouTube, of World League, OVW, well, not just WWE and AEW. That's what I see yeah. now. Well, you know it, it's. I'm glad you put uh, of World League Wrestling because I was about to say, well, I don't want to see more wrestling programs out there because that means we have more to contend with. But ultimately, competition uh, only makes you better, or at least that's what you—that's how individuals and businesses should look at it, right? Right. Uh, I enjoy things that make me think, and I enjoy challenges because ultimately it makes me better as a human being. Right. Um, you know, it, it's uh, up until recently. Uh, I probably was getting like four hours, four to five hours of sleep a night um, only because like I get myself so busy only because I'm trying to do things to better uh, either one of the two businesses that I, that I own or Mm -hmm. um, the individuals inside of it. Because like to me uh, with wrestling, for example, um, those, I, I call them kids, and so the old man did too. But those kids, and some of the kids, they're older than I am uh, and have been involved in wrestling. So those are not my kids, but they are still right. part of my family. Right. You know, those, the people that are there within WLW now, prior or now, you know, now, past and future, past, present, and future. Um, and I do my best to make sure that they know they are a part of this family. Mm-hmm. Um, 
that's that's because that's what world league wrestling is it's a family um you know do we have an immaculate castle with all these rooms where each person has their own room and everything's made out of gold no absolutely not i don't have that jack uh, i'm fine with that too you know yeah yeah that said my goal about a year prior to covid my goal was to get world league wrestling on in uh St. Louis on KPLR. Mm-hmm. Know your history. KPLR is a channel that had wrestling at the chase on. Yes. That's like, that's up here, man. Yeah. Um, uh, it ended, I believe in 84, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and there was like 30 something years of, of television programming there. It's, KPLR is a different beast and it's a different time because of COVID. Right. Um, I can't, I can't, you know, just walk in there and talk with them. I just, I've tried and I can't, yeah. uh, that's what people don't see. But, you know, ultimately my goal is to get our, our, our television program onto many other stations because right now we're on three stations, uh, Columbia, we're on in Columbia, Missouri, um, St. Joseph, Missouri, and Houston, Texas. Oh, okay. Uh, great. Yeah. It is the, the Houston, Texas thing. I get a stink eye from a lot with people and i'm like you just don't know but yeah. uh my goal is i actually had made out uh i think it was a three-year plan uh and and having our tv program on four other stations so eight total uh across the midwest is is my goal yeah. um, is it capable yes but it's going to take a lot of work yeah and that's life that's business that's how things go yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'll be honest. I mean, there's some shows on some of these channels. I'm wondering why they're on there when we could be watching they pay money. <laughs> well, I don't know how they make money because I'll be honest. Some of these programs that are on like um, some of the local channels at night yeah, that, that are local, you know, and they're broadcasting. I'm not going to put anything down. I'll just say a, a, a show that I particularly don't care for. Uh a lot of people I don't think would when you could have a local wrestling like world league wrestling on there for that hour. And well, make it probably making more money. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I would watch there, it. There's more to it than that. You know, those, yeah, those TV programs pay to be on that television station. Right. It doesn't matter if it's, you know, cooking with Betty or, or sewing with Jimmy or, you know, going to a, a local winery. It does. It's a, it, at the end of the day, their money's as green as everybody else's. Yeah, that's um, that's that's honestly what it amounts to, and I know that for a fact because I'm I'm in these conversations yeah. quite a bit. Yeah. Um, that said, you know, having a a local, and when I say local, I mean the state of Missouri, yeah. a local locally based professional wrestling business on. Bigger cities TV program that that is uh, you don't find that on every street corner now. Maybe you do, right? Maybe you do see a professional wrestling because let's just be honest. There's a lot of professional wrestling taking place in this state. Yeah. What's the one thing that separates World League Wrestling from the rest of the the professional wrestling companies out there, which are which are not bad, by the way. But what's the one simple fact? Well, for me, it's the the talent, I think, and and the your your World League Wrestling Harley Race. Dang 
He's good, my man. Uh, so actually, I found these pictures the other day. Uh, I'm trying to play around with the computer program, I'm trying to find one that doesn't make him. Yeah, like this one right here. This is a Japanese proof uh, that goes into a Japanese magazine. So these are very rare. These pictures right here doing wow. the headbutt. I don't even know who that's to. I'm, I want to say it's an American, but regardless, it's him. Yeah. People associate great professional wrestling with Harley Race. Yeah. Um, not every match is going to be five star. I get that, but not every match has to be five star. No. <laughs> People need to get that out of their skull right now. Yeah. Um, with that said, that's the one thing, right? And, and I'm very proud of that fact, but I'm also very proud because of, of the company as a whole. Yeah. Because the old man passed away August 1st, 2019. Mm-hmm. With that said, there was a lot of people, A, that said we should have closed down August 2nd. B, said we wouldn't make it a year. Well, we're two and a half years into this now. Yeah. And uh, by all accounts, COVID should have shut World League Wrestling down. By all accounts. Not because um, we have a bad product, but simply because, you know, we were starting to go up in business. Yeah. Um, not, we weren't making millions of dollars, but we were able to make a little bit of money, right? And then the, the rugs were swept out from the entire world, literally. And yeah. our landlord luckily likes us. So we, uh, we, we were able to to work together because he doesn't yeah. want to have an empty building, obviously. Yeah. Um, and we done a, we did a lot of work in that building and saved yeah. him and, and from a lot of repairs. So yeah. I'll say it like that. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, it, you know, it's, it's TV stations, you know, KPLR having Harley races world league wrestling on there, mm-hmm. man, that, that'd be a dream come true for yeah. me. Oh, I, if you got down here at, uh, KY3, boy, I think you'd have a great... What's, what's that one called again? KY3 in Springfield. KY3. Is that the ABC affiliate? Well, it's ABC, NBC. Those are, they're kind of combined. They got the CW. Oh, they got okay. four or five stations now that are oh. under that banner. I think I have tried to contact them before. And they were not very thrilled with professional wrestling due to a past experience oh. that was not with us. Yeah, like I, I was like, lady, don't hold me up. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> I think it'd do great down here, but that's just that's just me. No, no, I understand. Yeah. It makes two of us. Yeah. All right, a couple more things, and uh, we'll get you going because I know you got things to do. Let's talk about what we talked a little bit about the difference between wrestling today versus when you started back in '03. I can tell you my opinion if you want to hear it. Well, go ahead. Let's start with yours. <laughs> I think it's uh, a lot more uh, scripted. I think uh, there's not that uh, wholehearted of being the bad guy versus and the good guy. I think because of social media too, it uh, they could they could they just play their little part in the ring, right? And then on social media, they're hey, buy my stuff. <laughs> buy my stuff. Hey, I'll shake your hand. Hey, you know, Everybody's things like that. To be a bad guy, right? If you're a bad guy, to me, you're the bad guy. You want to hate that guy. Yeah, you that's him, 
hate him so much that you'll go buy that ticket and he shouldn't be out there. Well, you know what I mean? I'm, I'm getting a little off, but you want to hate you. You love to hate him. And, and I don't really see that anymore. In fact, I watched last night, uh, the Royal rumble, the survivor or the Royal or rumble? Survivor, survivor series. I'm sorry. Yeah, survivor yeah. series. Sorry. Uh, I mean, it was okay. Um, uh, the best match was the Big E versus uh, Roman Reigns. Sure. It, it was a good match. Um, but I don't, it just doesn't have that. Like, I don't really want to go out and hate Roman Reigns. He's supposed to be the bad guy. Sure. Now, like when your dad was a heel and you, you played it beautifully. You did it beautifully. I really didn't like you when you were with Black Hand Warriors. There's a lot of people that didn't and still don't, but that's all right. <laughs> but you know, what I mean, I mean, it's it's, okay. it's it's a different beast now, and I and I love to see and managers. You don't see managers anymore. Paul Heyman is a counsel now. He's not. They don't say manager of Roman. They say he's a counsel. Come on, he's not a lawyer. <laughs> well, you know, as it pertains to WWE, uh, and th- these are my viewpoints only. Okay, yeah. and I'm not there too, right. but I've been around, you know, I, I hear different people talk about different things. Right. Um, the industry has changed and ultimately it is um, WWE. It, it's, they're going to do what they're going to do. Mm-hmm. Um, with that said, you know, we also watch wrestling younger, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so the other day I watched the Ghostbusters movie, the new one, which okay. that's an awesome movie. And if you haven't seen it, oh, I have not. do yourself a favor and go watch it. All right. Like that is like, I don't put over too many movies, but that's when I will. Um, you sometimes people outgrow things. You know what I mean? They, they get bitter because it's not the way that it was. Right. That Ghostbusters movie, that was awesome. That was like, <laughs> that's exactly what it should have been. Yeah. But other people's renditions sometimes can 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 ruin it for somebody else, and or you outgrow it. Yeah. You know, you remembered it as this tough, hard hitting. I'm gonna break your face type of professional wrestling. Well, there's a lot more factors involved now because uh, it's 2021. You got social media. You can't. Ole Anderson was like one of the best heels of all time. He got sliced. Straight down with a beer oh, bottle. Wow. Uh, somebody broke that thing, and it was, uh, I believe, it was in Spartan. I want to say it was Spartanburg, South Carolina. Maybe I'm wrong, but somebody busted a beer bottle and sliced them. Oh, wow. Only beat the crap out of them, holding his guts in, literally. Uh, the old man got stabbed at a bar. Yeah. Not be- strictly because he was a heel, he was helping a lady out uh, who was. I don't know the exact 100% story, but he was helping somebody out and yeah. somebody else got offended, whatever. Yeah. You can't get that type of heat today. No. Like, no. It's, it's all, uh, you know, cancel culture crap, which is like the death of the world. I, so, I'm with you 100%. You know, it, it's just yeah. how it is. And, and I think that people can be creative and push that line, mm-hmm. but most people don't want to find out what's on the opposite side of that line because of cancer culture or they'll lose their job. Mm-hmm. I'm self-employed. I'm not 
I'm not going to fire myself. I just know it's a lot of it's common sense. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I'm with you. And I really do hope that your company, World League Wrestling, and these others do get on TV more and, and get up there. Because you know what? It's more entertaining to me. Like when I went to that event I told you about the other night for, for Bobby Eaton, there's probably a couple hundred people there. But you know what? Actually, my wife, who's not a big wrestling fan at all, actually enjoyed it. Sure. She enjoyed it. And she said that was probably better than we went to an AEW event a few years ago where there's, you know, 15,000 people. Yeah, yeah. And, and she said that it was better. And I said, you know what? You're right. I agree. <laughs> because it was, you know, the atmosphere, the guys, uh, men and women in there that are they're, they're working their tail off and trying to give you a show that, that they know you want to see. Sure. Okay. And then they're not on social media half an hour later. <laughs> they buy my stuff. I mean, we went yeah, the other yeah. night, like I said, and none of those guys, I had the poster, uh, Bobby Eaton's Memorial event. Uh, they signed it all. Didn't ask me for nothing. I mean, I bought some stuff, but they didn't say, hey, are you interested in this? They're not pushing anything. No, no, for sure. Great. Which is great. And I know you guys are like that too. I've been to your events. You guys don't push it. You just, you come up and say, hi, how you doing? Great. Hey, hey, what's this? I'll look at it. Oh, yeah, we'll talk about it. And if I yeah. buy it, I buy it. If I don't, I don't. They're fine with it. That's the great yeah. part about that. So, you know, it's smaller events, smaller companies uh, like ours and many others that are out there. We're not in the business of hounding people. And I'm not in the business myself. I can speak to this myself. I'm not in the business of robbing people. You know what I mean? Right. Um, if you want to buy it, like you said, it's there. Yeah. But ultimately, you came to a WLW event or you went to the one, where the, the Bobby Eat Memorial event. Um, you went to that to, 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 because you wanted to go to that. Right. Having merchandise, all that stuff extra, that's if you want it. And I, for me, when they when people tell me how can I support World League Wrestling, well, buy a T-shirt. That not only do you for the short term the T-shirt sell, but you also wear that T-shirt. People see it, mm -hmm. um, and they ask questions, and they and they'll go to the website. You know, it's mm -hmm. it's all it's it's a multi thingy uh, process there. Yeah. With that said, you know, we're all in it for the same thing, same reason, and that's for the love. Professional wrestling, you get a lot more better feel um, because it's a locally owned product. It's just like going to a uh, uh, a local restaurant. I would say the one that, one that I like to go to here, but you don't know that one, so <laughs> you're not from this area. But uh, you know, it's like going to them versus going to Applebee's. Yeah, it's the right. same exact thing. Yeah, no, I agree. So, all right, and what other projects are we working on right now for World League Wrestling? <laughs> uh, the old man used to have this saying and I really really hated it um, because uh, in my when I heard it time and time again I thought I was just like man is that what you think of this company but it's, it wasn't at that point in time it, again yeah. hindsight's 2020 you right. know uh, well now it's hindsight's 2021 <laughs> yeah. I, I had above uh, water 
I used to hate when he said that because um, it's like, man, we have so much potential here. It's so much, uh, pot, so many possibilities. Like, yeah, uh, we can't just say keep our heads above water. Right now, that's what it is. Yeah. Uh, if I can throw this out there, please. If you, you know, you want to train to become a, a professional wrestler, have the work ethic. Don't sit there and and think that you're ever better than anybody like at one event this was two months ago uh i did the music i set up and i tore down uh let's see i don't even think i wrestled on that one uh i ran the event per, per normal and i cleaned up vomit so oh. don't sit there and think you're above anything yeah have the great have the right work ethic and yeah. uh, get in there and do what you want to do yeah that's great. Well, Leland, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Leland Race, thank you for coming on today. Yes, sir. Go to HarleyRace.com, folks. Uh, there's merchandise on there. There's uh, uh, When there's upcoming events, they'll post them on there. We're adding more as we speak. This gigantic printer right there that's about 200 pounds. Uh, well, hopefully, as of today, I think that when the park comes in, hopefully be producing T-shirts on demand. So all I had to do was get the shirt, all print right. your design on it, ship it out to you, bang. Great. More. Uh, they're on social media as well, their Facebook page, uh, Twitter. Probably going to be shutting down Twitter. So I hate oh. Twitter with a passion. All right, scratch Twitter. Yeah. And uh, a lot more pleasant. Yes. And again, thank you for so much for coming on today. I really appreciate it. Thank you very much for that. And, and we'll get this out. And folks, if you're listening, subscribe to our, our channel. We have YouTube, Facebook. We have also merchandise on Teespring. Look at it. Check it out. And happy Thanksgiving to everyone. Happy Thanksgiving to you, Leland. Happy holidays. Not just happy Thanksgiving. holidays to everyone yes, as well. Yes. That time of year, Jack. Yeah, it is. And for those uh, watching, thank you. For those listening, thank you. And we'll talk to you soon.